All right. Okay. Some good music. And that's by Thad Jones. It's titled Steamin'. Thad Jones is on trumpet, Kenny Burrell on guitar, Paul Chambers on bass, Arthur Taylor on drums, Frank West on tenor sax and flute, Mal Waldron on piano. This was recorded all the way back in 1957 for Jones's very well-received album, After Hours. This is a lead story. Yes, it is. And I'm retrieved lead. Yes, I am. <laughs> Did you miss me? Did you? Did you miss me? Oh, yes, I know you did, because I missed you, too. Uh, so I'm back, um, having been prodded and poked and all kinds of things went on with me medically, and I'm okay. I, I, I live for another couple of days. <laughs> uh, I so missed you. I missed you, missed you, missed you. And I'm hoping the feeling was mutual. I got many clues that that it was mutual. And I thank you so much for your concern. I thank you so much for your good wishes. And I thank you all the more for your friendship. It, it, it was really important in these last couple of weeks to get me all reworked psychologically, too. You know, uh, it's a very interesting thing when you, you're dealing with a pretty serious medical situation. And the, in, the inclination is to just yield. I'm not a yielder. <laughs> I, I'm not one of those people who will just say, well, whatever. You know, I'm fighting. So your calls, your notes, your letters uh, bolstered my resolve to just keep fighting. And I, I did. I still am. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate uh, the, the cheering crowd that said, you can make it, you can make it. And so far, I'm hanging in. I'm hanging in. The more to cause trouble. <laughs> well, today, as we begin the first of our series, hopefully, that we run uninterrupted, hopefully, um, I thought we would kind of go a little bit loosey-goosey in the sense that I know you have a lot to say about a lot of things that you've been thinking, and rather than dictate where we're going today, I would have you uh, take us there. Take us to where you have been. Uh, intellectually, what stories have you been following what opinions have you been forming? What are you thinking now? Uh, so much has happened in the intervening time. So I'm sure that you have tons of things to talk about. And it's very easy to do. 
you call 888-874-4888 and we get started. All right? I'm looking for opinions, which means I'm looking first for your analysis of a subject or a situation. What is your take on it? And I'm looking to hear what your assessment is in terms of where the thing that you're talking about is likely to take us in the immediate future. 888-874-4888. I thank you very much again for your letters and calls of concern. But I was okay. I was okay. And uh, pulling through. Well, we start with the first caller, Ed from Queens. Hi, Ed. How you doing? Hi, my darling. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, I'm glad you're you're, you're still among us. Uh, I was concerned. uh, The fungus is still among us. It's, it's what they say, good trouble, good trouble, welcome back. And you, you my dear, are always sorely missed, especially Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. But I'm looking to make some trouble. How about you? I'm, I'm, I'm always up for it. Good trouble. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are very few spaces where you can express an opinion and be given, given the time and the opportunity to express that opinion and one of you and you are the premier forum in my mind as far as oh, thank uh, talk you. radio is concerned. Um, but I'm told people all the time that this is actually instruction. We are in school. Every time we tune in to each other, we are in school taking instruction. We don't have to agree, but at least give it a listen, a good listen. And you may learn something. And you may learn that you prefer your opinion. <laughs> That's good. That's very good. But it's important for us to, you know, give and take. Give and take. Well, as long as you can keep an open mind and, and a clear perspective, there's always you can always learn something. That's been my philosophy throughout life. As long as you keep an open mind and a clear perspective. Um, that being said, yeah. Well, that, that being said, I've been looking at you know the government. I've been looking at the uh, upcoming political uh, elections. As you know, I believe I've told you before. I, I volunteer as a poll worker. I've been doing it for the past uh, about ten years, and uh, some things I've seen as being a poll worker, as far as participation or lack thereof in the electoral process as, part, as far as an understanding of what politics is and, and the lack of understanding that the general populace has is disturbing. Um, this midterm election is going to, I think, be a depressing turnout uh, from what I've been seeing locally in, in the response of, of many political action groups in Queens specifically. Um, I don't think the Democrats are going to to hold on to their tenuous grip of the House or the Senate. And uh, it's, it's just concerning. It's, it's very concerning. 
as far as the Latin why do you, why do you think that the Democrats will not likely hold on? Well, they've done nothing. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I live in New York, and I vote Democratic because, I'm, because to be quite honest, that's that's the the, the one trick pony that's in New York, unfortunately. But uh, nationwide, even in New York and nationwide, they haven't lived up to their promises. They haven't presented a viable, energetic alternative. They haven't, uh, they, they, I've said it before, I'll say it again, they're, they're empty suits. And, and they're not presenting anything nationally of any real importance. They're not addressing the fundamental issues of housing. They're not addressing the fundamental issues of income inequality. They're not addressing the fundamental issues of, 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 uh, of debt and, 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 uh, and homelessness that prevail in this country. And uh, even our illustrious mayor, flashbang Eric Adams, is, is wavering. Flashbang. Many... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mr. Mr. Flashbang Eric Adams is wavering on many fronts. He's been, a, in my opinion, he's been a total disappointment. And even with this border crisis uh, situation, you know, I mean, I'm not, I, I have nothing against immigrants, but we had a homeless, homelessness housing crisis way before descent, way before they started shipping immigrants here, and they couldn't address that. And now putting people on Hearts Island or parking lots and, and all of these other things that, that, uh, that are clickbait, but not really addressing the core problems of this city doesn't even have finances to help the, the over, the over 7,000 homeless people on a daily basis. How can you help? How can you uh, allocate funds for people that are coming outside the city? You got to take care of your own first. You know, even in an airline, when the, when the plane comes down and the, the, the oxygen mask falls, they tell you to put on yours first. Then you can help somebody else. You know, I mean, I'm tired of helping other people. I want I want my people. I want help from my people and myself. Call it selfish, but I can't save you if I can't save myself. So what are you inclined to do as the election heats up and gets nearer to voting time? Well, like I said, all politics is local. I try to inform people, you know, on how to vote because there's been changes in the voting process. Rank voting, there's been changes to the ballots. I work as a poll worker. I work at the reception table. I try to explain how to people, how, how for people to vote. Uh, I, you know, take early classes. Try to communicate, you know, look at, just don't go to the polls and fill in boxes. Try to know who you're voting for because locally, especially, those uh, councilmen, those city uh, assemblymen and women can influence your immediate reality. And, and, and Natasha Williams, Jumani Williams, they, you can get their ear and you can get something done that's viable and you can see. Uh, as far as national politics, you know, I, I'm a down ballot voter. I don't see anybody on the national scene uh, that would be of any help to the country's uh, trajectory, which is, I believe, a downward trajectory at large. Um, you know, I mean, uh, the only thing the only thing that they're offering is uh, a pro-choice and don't let Trump back in. And that that dog don't hunt anymore. <laughs> That dog goes wow. And like I like I always say, as far as national, as far as the international theater is concerned, learn Chinese. 
get you a book and learn some Mandarin. You're going to be alive for the next 20 or 30 years. You're going to be in charge. <laughs> so what grade so far, as we get closer to the election, what grade are you giving the president, Mr. Biden? Papa Joe? Yeah, Papa Joe. hard D. <laughs> Papa Joe got a hard D. He's got a hard D. Uh-huh. He's... He's a, so he's always been a tool of empire. I mean, he's just uh, just on a on a on a facial basis. I mean, his his flubs, his uh, his mistakes, his his contradictions, his, his his statements that his staff has to retract. His you know the threatening of Putin and all. I mean, he just he was not the man for the job, and he never was the man for the job. But uh, they convinced the populace at large, which was which is totally true. Trump was not the man for the job either, but neither was this guy. It is the lesser of two lessers and the evil of all evils. So, but this is what we've got as far as political leaders on a national level in America today, unfortunately. All right. Well, thank you for getting us started today and for planting a bug in our ear because it's going to be coming, it's going to be getting pretty hot, I think, because people are going to say, you know, we go through this cycle every election time. It's just, it's got to end. I noticed you didn't say anything about the voters. Are voters stepping up to the plate, you think? Well, I told you the largest party in this, the largest voting party in this country is the people that don't vote, is the non-voters. And they're not stepping up to the plate because they don't have anything to step up for. I mean, a lot of people I speak to on a daily basis say, what am I voting for? Why am I, I mean, people, people from their, 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 team, their early teens, but first-time voters or potential first-time voters, to people my age. They, they're like, what are we voting for? I mean, outside, I can only stir them in local immediate needs, but on a national level, I mean, and I really can't, I really can't give them any food. I mean, I, can, I, can, I explain politics. I try to point out that politics is the allocation of resources. And you should always vote what what is best for you, what is your immediate needs. But they point out when they do, or when they when when the, the part, when especially the Democratic Party, which is notorious for 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 turning its back on the African American population and always depending on us to bail them out. Um, when you when you raise that, they say, yeah, you know, or the fight for fifteen. What happened to that? The New Green Deal. What happened to that? Uh, the, the, the debt consolidation, uh, the addressing of, 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 of mortgage prices on the rise, people losing their homes, what happened to that? I mean, you know, they, they, they claim to take four steps backwards. They claim to take four steps forward. When they get in, they mm-hmm. take five steps backwards. So uh, you can't, uh, you, you can't, the only thing that really would change this country is a revolution. And my personal opinion the people in this country aren't ready for it. There hasn't, there hasn't been enough pain yet. It might not, I doubt it's going to be in my lifetime, but that's the only thing that would change a radical revolution to complete, whether it be violent, nonviolent, 
something to disrupt this whole power structure and throw it down so we can start in it. Wow, it's going to take time. Wow. You even sound like you're looking forward to it. On the real side, yes, I am. I mean, I'm tired of this this non-responsive government. This government is totally unresponsive to the people's needs at large. And it's gotten to a point to where they don't even try to hide it anymore. You know, I mean, this whole thing with Ukraine, for example, no political official challenged the fact that we sent over $40 billion to Ukraine, and half of that money is even accounted for. Weapon systems, armaments that went out, that were sold on the black market, that, and Ukraine is one of the, the is one of is the not most corrupt governments in that part of the world. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, and no politician even stood up and said, hey, you know, is anybody accounting for this? Where is this money coming from? How are we going to put it back in our coffers? What is this going to lead to? Why can't we make these people come to peaceful negotiation? That's just one example. A whole pandemic, no real debate or no even no politicians raising the specter of national free health care. This government, if it, if it wasn't so pathetic, it would be laughable. Wow. Well, thank you. And you started us off on a, a very good note, which is we have some serious things to, to discuss, and they are becoming more and more immediate because the fallout is going to be immediate. So we better get ourselves in gear. Thank you, Ed. Great to talk thank to you. you again. Thank Welcome you. Welcome back. Welcome oh. back. Thank you. Thank you. 888-4888. We're leaving the lines open so that you can kind of give us an extemporaneous uh, view from your perspective on where we are or what is bothering you more than other things. 888-874-4888. Hello. Yes, who's calling? This is Ed from Los Angeles. Welcome back, Utrice. Welcome back. Glad you're doing okay. Thank you for taking my call. Well, thank you for taking my call. I'm glad you're hanging in there. Uh, Yeah. Let me update you. Well, you probably don't need any updates, but this is what I was... Um, taking a look at last week. I'm very, very concerned about what's going on in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, They still do not have clean water. They're still giving out water bottles. But just to add a burden of frustration to what's going on with the people of Jackson, Mississippi, the newly elected mayor decided that he wanted to use his pet peeve trash company to pick up the trash. But the Jackson City Council wanted to continue using the trash company that they were using. So, lo and behold, the city council refused to pay the mayor's trash company, which was going to be used, up to pick up the trash. So, because the mayor's trash company is not being paid, they are not going to be picking up trash in Jackson, Mississippi. And I found this out last week on the Jimmy Dore show 
um, who's a comedian, and he has a podcast on Gary Knoll's Progressive Radio Network um, from the local newspapers there. So in addition to no clean uh, <laughs> drinking water where they have to give out bottles, now people have to deal with this trash situ- situation um, where their trash is not going to be picked up. So I'm just totally frustrated. If I were living there, I would get the addresses of all the city council people and the mayor, and I would take my trash and drop it off at their house and let them figure out, let them fight it out between which trash company is going to be picking up trash. Um, This is very, very disturbing to me. I mean, this is third world country stuff. And isn't it, it's not surprising to me that we find another community of minorities that are not getting access to uh, clean drinking water, and now you've got a trash situation where the trash company is not going to be picking up people's trash. I mean, the richest country in the world, and we have this going on like we're a third world country. And it's just absolutely mind-boggling. Um, if it weren't so tragic, I mean, I, I, it's hard to even write jokes about it. You know, I'm a comedian, but, you know, um, lo and behold, um, Russia, and let me tell you what the link is here. Uh, Vladimir Putin has his soldiers completely taking over the largest nuclear power plant in Ukraine. So... (laughs) The Ukrainians are mulling over, Zelensky's mulling over burning trash as fuel. So after the people of Jackson, Mississippi, drop their trash off to the city council people and the mayor, the mayor and the city council can send their trash over to Ukraine. Obviously, that's a joke, um, because I think burning trash would be very toxic for the world. Um, But that's what's upsetting me right now is what's going on in Jackson. And you don't hear this. Um, The president's not saying anything about it, and I share Ed's frustration about politicians aren't doing anything about this. And we find another city of minorities having to deal with basic, basic uh, rights. Uh, Picking up trash should be a right. Clean drinking water should be a right, just as housing should be a right. Do you find, disappointingly, that reaction is not nearly at the level it ought to be, considering how serious these issues that you are raising, others are raising, how serious they are, that you're not, we're not getting uh, a sense that people are proportionately responding to the conditions under which they're living. Is there something that, that is missing here? Yes, what's missing is um, the truth in journalism. We don't have it anymore. What we have is propaganda. And whether you, and again, I got rid of my television <laughs> about a year ago because I just couldn't stand the propaganda. I couldn't stand the propaganda news. Um, you know, whether it's Fox or MSNBC or your local news, they just don't tell the truth. And so the media is really to blame because there's no reporting on this. So you have to go to to 
different sources. You have to go to the gray zone. You have to go to Jimmy Dore. You have to go to Jackson Hinkle with the dive because you can't get this information because I'm very frustrated with the media. And most people get, unfortunately, get their news from the media. And you don't hear this. You don't hear it being reported. So it's very frustrating for me because the truth is not getting out. And what people don't know in the the ignorance of people, and I don't say that insultingly, I say that because mm -hmm. um, people are involved with their own lives. A lot of people don't have time to look at what the truth is and where to go to find the truth, but it's very difficult um, to find it. It's That's what's frustrating. So the outrage is being muted because the story isn't getting out. Is it also that people have... Some people, many people, have reached what they consider to be a comfort zone. And that the problems that are afflicting poorer people, people in, you know, uh, disfranchised communities, uh, it's no longer of concern to them. What is of concern to them is moving ever higher up the ladder of success. I would, I would say that, but I would be a little bit more hesitant because I think what's not being reported in this country is I think that poverty is increasing, and I think the amount of people that are struggling right now, whether it be minorities or all different walks of life, is being played down so that when you, you talk about climbing up the ladder, uh, I know in my community are on food stamps, including me. I mean, we're feeling it. We're feeling the poverty. We're feeling the inflation. We're feeling the frustration. Uh, um, uh, and so I don't know those people that are climbing that ladder, um, unfortunately. Um, so what I see and maybe that's why I'm a little closer to the poverty and the minority. By the way, I wanted to mention this. There was a trial for Rick Snyder and his um, administration that created the problem in Flint, Michigan. Well, they got off. They got off. They did not get prosecuted. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I didn't get a follow up on that story. Whether it was going to be further follow up. But you would think our president would take an interest in these communities and do something about it. I mean, you have to go back to, you know, when we had this kind of inflation in, in 1971, uh, Richard Nixon, again, uh, I was probably about 10 or 11, 12 years old at the time, um, told all of the companies, you will not raise prices on anyone. If anyone, if any company or corporation raises prices, I will send troops to your house and you will be arrested. And not one company, and I heard this on Richard Wolf's economic update, you will be arrested. And not one company uh, raised prices. They kept inflation down that way. We don't have that today. We have corruption and politics, corruption and government, because we have corporate corrupt money that infiltrates 
uh, both the Democrats and the Republicans. So that's why nothing gets done for the people, because they spend so much time uh, getting donations. <laughs> I mean, Maxine Waters, the congresswoman out here in California, there were a whole group of people waiting outside City Hall for housing vouchers. And they were promised they were going to get these vouchers. And she came out and told these people to go home. And these people told the congresswoman, we don't have a home. That's why we're here. We're here to get these vouchers. And she actually laughed. So, you know, there you have it. You, you have politicians that spend most of their time raising money for their next election. And they do for the corporate state, but they're not doing for the people. And that's really what we need to do. And I think Ed kind of dovetailed this on his call. He's got to get the money out of politics um, because what's happening in Jackson is completely outrageous. And the same thing in Flint and probably other minority communities that they're not reporting on. So clean water should be. I'm wondering why the is it my perception or is this the reality that we're living where people are not sufficiently agitated so that they would literally confront those systems that are continuing to oppress them. Do you get a sense that people are just tired? They have, they have given up on this whole idea that as a voter, they have some kind of clout that they can chart the course of the government. I think that's part of it. I also think that you have to take into a fact um, that we are distracted by technology. I see way too many people out here that are screen obsessed, meaning they take their cell phone, they're busy texting. Uh, I think we have a lot of distractions that take us away from um, what's really going on in the world. I mean, I, I go power walk. I don't take my cell phone anywhere. I, 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 it's at home. When I go power walk or I exercise, I never take When I go to the store, I never take it. Um, but I see people walking their dogs all the time. Um, many, many people, not everybody, but many people texting while walking their dog. And I'm, I'm like, are you walking your cell phone and the dog's along for the walk? Or what's going on? So I see a lot of distraction and I see a lot of, <laughs> and I see a lot of distraction and if people are feeling the pinch from this inflation, then a lot of people are, you know, are worried about their own hides and what's going on with them. So I see distractions. I see and not getting the truth um, from the media, but at the same time, they're also distracted, especially out here. I've, I've never seen such screen obsession in my life, and we're screen obsessed in this society. It's just, whether it's young or old, it doesn't matter what the age is, um, but I see it all the time. And you wow. miss the moment. You miss what's around you because of that. Yes, you do. Well, Ed, thank you for the clarity that you contributed today. I really appreciate it. And so we have our program started 
by the Edge. <laughs> and from Queens and from Los Angeles, both giving us some very, very valuable insights into what we ought to be thinking now and what we ought to be doing now. We'll take this break and come back to your calls at 888-874-4888 and we keep moving. Thank you so much. Right after this, you're listening to Lead Stories on PRN.FM. I'm Eutrice Lead. I'm delighted. I've been grinning since we started the program because I'm so happy to be back in your company. Um, it's, it's such a wonderful thing. If we could find a way to bottle it, and sell it. We make some money. Uh, the feeling of camaraderie and concern for each other, it's, it's overwhelming. Thank you so much. Uh, and for contributing, continuing to contribute. This, I think, is a good time for us as a nation to really keep in touch not with, not only with what is happening. We clear about what is happening. We don't, we don't lack examples of what is happening. We we have more than enough of that. What we don't have enough of is individual initiative and group action. We don't have enough of that. And in a sense, I understand it because. This is very tiring stuff. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes energy. It takes money out of the few cents that you have that you have to devote to other things because it is work. It is community work. And while people have some high ideals about what ought to be, what ought to be happening right now, they're not just, they're just not committing themselves to taking part in any of it. Uh, and so they, they, they leave wide open the flank of attack wherever we are. The community that is least represented is most attacked, most often attacked. And it is understood. The community is without protection. The community does not have resolve. The community is without direction. Not from anybody from outside, but from itself. We need to have some kind of articulation of purpose. What, what are we about? What should we be concerned about? What should we be outlining as our, our very important uh, priorities at this time? Eutrice, you have a caller, Muhammad from Queens. Okay. 
Thomas from Queens, you're on the air. Hello, you're on the air. Good afternoon. Is this me? Good afternoon. Okay. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Is this you, Trace Lee? Yes, it is. Okay. I used Hope to be, well. I still am. <laughs> Hope all is okay. well and welcome back. Glad to have you back. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be brief so other people can get in. But I called one time and they told me it was all filled up. And the next thing I heard, someone say, Muhammad. So I said, it's recorded. But anyway, uh, Utrecht, my concern is the situation in Ukraine and, you know, the United States, you know, who bombed that North Street pipeline and how that's going to affect the people in Europe this winter. And my major concern is the people in Europe, they're beginning to see that America is not really behaving or acting in their behalf. And I think what's going to happen is going to hurt us all is uh, the people going to get off of the dollar and start doing business in their own currency like Saudi Arabia. They are buying and purchasing with China and Russia and the rupee and the um, the, um, <clears throat> the 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 yuan. So no, the Russian ruble, not rupee. Mm-hmm. Rupee is India. Okay, right. Excuse me. Excuse me. My mistake. Yeah, I have a concern about that. In the future, you know, we are just printing money, and that inflation is coming up. And all the financial analysts, they believe that America is going to take the money one day and try to go digital. So that's a concern of mine also. But I'm really concerned about those young people in um, Europe. But if, if, I, if you don't mind me interrupting you here, you're putting out a lot of information, but in dribs and drabs. Could you give us a theme if you were to put this all together, what would emerge as your main topic, your main concern here? Thank you for bringing that to my attention. Um, My main concern is about aggression and how we are fueling that situation in Ukraine and the impact it's having on us in terms of inflation, you know, with the oil, the food prices and all. And I just think America's making big mistakes and they're causing the same problems all over Europe. And my concern is that America is going to isolate itself and all of us are going to suffer here. You mean suffer more or suffer differently? Suffer more from, like, inflation and the the dollar. We just print money and we have so much debt. And when you print money like that and cause a lot of inflation, what that does is, and make the price of everything go up. And we have some serious problems coming in the future. That was my major concern. And then uh, I'm just go off to the side just a little bit, very briefly. You know, them uh, blowing up that bridge, the North Stream pipeline in that bridge, and that's a concern. Now let someone else talk if you don't have any questions for me. But let's talk a little bit more, you and I. Um, okay. What is happening now, from your perspective, what is happening now that is very different, so different that we must pay attention to it, uh, from, from, say, just even 10 years ago? 
I think the United States has become more aggressive in inciting conflict, and the beneficiaries appear to be the military-industrial complex and big business, but it's hurting the people at the bottom. And I just think some serious financial and economic problems are coming to the United States, and we're going to become isolated. And from what I heard, that they hired more IRS people, and I think just think they're going to seize our money one day, those of us who have a little money, to pay some of the bills. And this is, to your mind, different from what it was just not too long ago? You, you sense a difference in in the way government is impacting on people? Yeah, yes, in, in, in provoking Russia. Provoking Russia. You know, a lot of people really haven't had a chance to really look at, say, Ukraine and Russia. Victoria Nuland in the, in the Clinton and Obama administration, they overthrew a democratically elected government and they put their own person in there and they had bio labs and they want to put NATO on Russia's doorstep. And Russia lost 25 million people in World War II and they said, we're not going to fight a war in our homeland anymore. So to put bio labs in Ukraine and then want to put NATO and put nuclear weapons, that's what provoked Russia. And that was their conditions of not starting the war to take those bio labs out and not put nuclear weapons in Ukraine. And it's the United States just fueling it, you know? That's, that's what I see. So you, you still see the United States as playing a pivotal role in creating this imbalance, this global imbalance that is ultimately going to affect all of us? Yes, I do. And the latest incident is blowing up that Nord Stream pipeline. I mean, Biden, you know, Jimmy Dore, you go in there, you hear him say it. If they attack Ukraine, the uh, Nord Stream Pipeline 2 will not be working. And the guy said, how will you do it? How are you going to? He said, oh, we got the means to do it. There's something, I mean, it's out there on the Internet. And we just incite something where everyone's going to suffer. Well, but we will certainly, I mean, that is not a surprising conclusion. We've been suffering, but we will be suffering differently, too. Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, yes. As Professor Ed always say, America is empire and they in decline. We are a divided country. We have so many splinter groups. We have trillions of dollars in debt. And when you look at the empires and how they fall, it's military overreach and overspending. And America's in decline, and the people at the bottom really going to suffer. And so many people can't pay their rent now. They've been put out of their houses. And yet we're spending billions going over to Ukraine to provoke Russia. It, it doesn't make sense but for the military industrial complex and some of the politicians. But on the other hand, some people would say, well, America is doing what countries typically would do, especially a country identified 
all over the world as a leading nation of the world. It is calling the shots. It is shaping reaction. It is it is uh, in the lead of deciding what the priorities globally will be. People don't seem to have that clout. Yeah. Trees, what this is all about, this is about taking other countries' resources. That's what it's all about, taking other people's resources, human and natural. And people are tired of it. They're coming together. you got the BRICS. They're coming together. China and Russia coming together. Uh, Iran and Argentina want to join the BRICS because they see that we, in this particular country, America, is just about exploitation. And we're at the end now. We are at the end. We're divided. You have so many different splinter groups, and we're at war really against each other. So many what is your preference? Afraid. What is your preference for how we operate starting now? Let's just say theoretically. What is your preference? Uh, freedom, justice, and equality. Food, clothing, and shelter for everyone. A home, a job where people can earn enough to pay their bills and have a home. If that would be put out there and if we would practice that, we wouldn't have all these problems. It's that the people at the top, they want more than they really need. And when you do that, you deprive other people of not having enough to live with. Yes, then, but that is the essence, is it not, of capitalism? Yes. And we system. have to accept that some people will have a lot, some people won't. Some people will have nothing. But that also is linked to individual initiative and ambition and the the willingness to take chances and to progress for yourself. You have to pull your yourself up by your own bootstraps and all that stuff that we hear all the time. You, Teresa, I'll say this. You know, in order to learn and become ambitious and to be successful, it's a psychological function in our minds. It's called thought processes. That is focus, concentration, problem-solving, critical thinking, and any intense emotion can shut that whole system down. And then if you don't have a father in the house, there's no jobs, you, you, you can't go to school and learn. I went through that as a child, and didn't have enough to eat, I wound up stealing. Fortunately, I was overcome that situation, and now I'm a, I'm a scholar, and I have more than I need, and I try to share with others who don't. But when I was stealing and doing things wrong, that is because I did not have enough. Now that I have enough, I share. When I didn't, I stole as a child. Went to school hungry. Now that I'm halfway okay with an education, I can do for myself, and I help others, not just in this country, but in different other countries I help. Send money every month. Hmm. Freedom, justice, and equality, that's what we need. So I'm going to give you the task of predicting where you think we might be going in the very near future. What is going to happen? Uh, Eutrisa, I hate to say this. Haven said, but America's going to be destroyed. We're going to destroy ourselves. 
the proud moors, the oath keepers. See, those are the descendants of the people that came over here, many of them, and they fought and committed genocide to take this land and take the property. And now where the United States has taken from other countries, those people are coming here for jobs. And a lot of those people, they can't see it. They say, our fathers fought and died to get this, and now they just go walk in and take it. And it's difficult for them to accept. And they've been exploited also. So what this government do, they turn us against each other. So America wow. is going to be, destroy itself. I hate to say it. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to sleep tonight <laughs> listening to your analysis, but I have no choice but to concede. You made very, very strong points. We have to consider them. I, I would just like to make a recommendation. It was a book out by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and he talked about the fall of America. And in the book called Message of the Black Man, he talked about how America would be destroyed. And he's he's gone now. Yes. Well, I want to thank you for your contribution today and for provoking us to think a little bit more about our present predicament and what might be for us. What could be, for in the short term, some kind of release valve? But in the long term, how do we progress as a nation? What has to change? And how will it change? How must it change if we are to progress? So thank you very much, Mohammed, for calling and participating today. You are thank very you. welcome. We help each other. That's how we'll solve the problems. Help each other. Thank, Thank you. you. 888-874-4888. We have time for maybe two calls before we go. We'll see, depending on what the offering is. But you got to move kind of fast <laughs> to uh, conserve on time. 888-874-4888. It is important for us no matter how busy we are, because that too is a distraction. We keep talking about all the things we have to do because it's impressed upon us all the time. You know, you you can't do that. You have to do this. You have to think about that. And we're constantly in motion, which means we're constantly distracted from this essential function that we ought to uh, perform as citizens. What is it that we want? Why do we not have it? Because I don't think, you know, most people would say, well, I want to be among the richest people of, of the world. That's, that's not what people are thinking. But how do we, as a nation, progress? How do we change the history of the nation where we see a community of interests rather than individual interests, which of course is uh, at the root of a lot of what we are suffering with these days. So what are your thoughts? We know 
or we have a strong sense of what is just not working. But what will work? What do you think will work? Even if we take it in small doses, we have to start something somehow, somewhere, sometime soon. Because I think we all agree that we're not particularly optimistic about what is happening and where it eventually will take us as a nation. So we have to take a look at that. How are we progressing as a nation? And what is it that we ought to do and change or begin to change? Certainly begin to investigate. What is it that other nations might be doing that has been successful? Uh, And what can we do? Because we are, I think that's a general observation today. We're in trouble. We are in trouble. Too many things that are basic to our understanding of citizenship, responsible citizenship, are missing from our formula. And we have to revisit these issues constantly and see where it is we need to tidy things up. I want to thank you so much for joining me today and giving me a new shot of penicillin, I think, or whatever the energy source is. And I am, again, very, very, uh, I'm really very happy to be back. And let's keep moving ever higher. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.